was written against someone for not coming to business, not ripped up until he actually shows up. If it was written not for, for not listening to business, not ripped up until he follows what they have told him to do. The Gemara says, "Less halacha is not correct." Rather, as soon as he says that he'll listen, we rip up the document. If Chris said we summon a person to Bezin on Monday, the following Thursday, the following Monday, if he doesn't show up even on the third day, we write a document of chayim for him the next day. Rav Asi of Kahana summoned a woman to court in the evening, and the next morning, right away, write a document of chayim for her. But he asked of Kahana, "You don't hold her of Chista?" Rav Kahana said, "We only give more time for a man who's busy traveling and is not local." However, a woman who's always in the city, if she doesn't show up, and uh, that means she's showing her that she disregards Bezdin and is therefore put into Chaim immediately. Rehuda said we may not summon a person to come to court in Nisan or Tishrei or on Erev Yom Tov or Erev Shabbos. Mar says we may summon him during Nisan or Tishrei to appear after those months. We may not summon on Erev Shabbos for after Shabbos though because he's busy then and will forget that he was summoned. Rav Nachman said we do not serve a summon on people who have come to attend the weekly shir or the shir for Yom Tov because it will prevent people from coming to the shir. Today, when we are concerned that people might attend the shir just so that they not be served, we may even serve people by the shir. Mishnah said, "Im hoyo dover sheyish boya chrayis chayiv." L'shalom, Rebbe taught his son, Rav Shimon, that when the Mishnah says real property, it's referring to anything that's intact and recognizable as being the stolen property, like a cow or a donkey. It has to be returned for the honor of their father, so that people not see it and realize it was the property stolen by their father. If Gahani asked Rav, "What if he stole a bed or a table which is only used indoors and not available for people to see?" Rav said, "The same halach would apply to a bed or a table as well." Zuck, the Mishnah person may not take change even with permission from the box of the, the customs collector or from the box of the tax collector, and we, might, we can't even accept tzedakah from them because the money in their box is considered to be stolen. However, one may take from the coins that are found in these people's houses or from the coins that he has with them, with him in the market. Zuck, Mar Bryce says if someone owes money to the tax collector but doesn't have smaller coins with which to pay, he may give larger coins and get back some smaller coins as change. Because if not, he would suffer a loss by having to give the entire larger coin. In fact, how can we say that these tax collectors are considered to have stolen from the people? We have been Shmuel says. That, uh, that the government's laws are laws. And as such, the taxes that they levy are not considered to be stolen. The case is referring to a tax collector who has no limit on the amount he's allowed to collect. If you honestly, we're discussing a self-appointed tax collector who has no authority from the government. Others say these distinctions were made on a bright, so Rabbi Kiva said that a person may wear multiple garments to try and evade a tax collector. The Gemara asked, yes, how, how could it be done? Dina Shmuel said, that the name of Shmuel said, gave the answer, and Rabbi gave his answer like we just said above. Others learned these distinctions, these distinctions were made on a Mishnah, which says that one may swear that something is true to prevent it from being taken by the tax collector. Gemara yes, Dina says that the Rabbi Kahana, the name of Shmuel gave his answer, Rabbi gave his answer. Ravashi has a third answer, that the reference is to a non-Jewish tax collector who collects more than he's supposed to. Abraissa says if a guy who is known to rob sues a Yid, Rav Shmuel says even if the Yid is really chayim under Jewish and non-Jewish law, we figure out a way that he shouldn't have to pay. Rav says this can't be done because it can lead to a Chilol Hashem. In fact, seems that Rav only doesn't allow this because of Chilol Hashem. However, Abraissa says that Rav Shimon said that Rav Akiva learns from a positive that it's also to steal from a guy. Rav Yosef said he allows the stealing from a full-fledged guy. And Abraissa here was referring to a Ger Toshev. The puzzle that Rekiva learns from refers to a guy and to a Ger Toisha, so they should not be treated differently. Rava said there's a difference between stealing from him, which is also, and withholding payment that is due him, which would be mutter. Abaye asked, taking a Jewish slave away from a guy is comparable to withholding payment. The puzzle teaches also to do so. Rava is following his own view that a Jewish slave is actually fully owned, even his body, by the guy, and therefore taking of him is straight out stealing. An item stolen from a guy is also to keep, but an item he had lost is mutter to keep. 
an item stolen from a guy is also to keep based on Ravuna who learns from a Pasuk that we're allowed to consume the assets of a guy only when the guy are given over to us. Any item that they lose is mutter to keep based on Racham Bargui in the name of Rav who learns from a Pasuk that the mitzvah of returning a lost item only applies to a chicha, a fellow yid. In fact, maybe we should say the Pasuk of a chicha teaches that only for, for a yid one must go out of his way to get the lost item. But once it is in his hands, he has to return it even if it belongs to a guy. Or said, the Pasuk says, Umitzasa, which suggests that it was already in the person's hand and still he only needs to return it if it belongs to a yid. Zakhmar Bray says, Rabbi said, if not returning the lost item to the guy may result in the Hashem, it's also to keep the lost item. Shmuel said, the mistake of a guy is mutter to keep, meaning Tadasakam. He meaning he overpaid for like for a mistake, whatever it is. We find that Shmuel once bought a gold bowl from a guy for the price of a copper one. The guy, the guy thought it was copper, and Shmuel added one extra zuz, so it would not look like he was cheating if the mistake was ever discovered. Rav Kahana once bought 120 barrels from a guy for the price of 100 barrels, because the guy thought it was only 100. Rav Kahana gave an extra zuz and told the guy, told the guy I'm relying on your account. Ravina bought a palm tree with a guy for the purpose of chopping it down and dividing the pieces. He told his attendant to go and take the better pieces because the guy was only concerned with the number, not the quality. Ravashi was walking and saw grapes in a vine. He told his attendant, go see if they belong to a guy, take them. If they belong to you, do not. A guy was sitting nearby and heard, are you allowed, and they said, are you allowed to take from a guy? Ravashi told him, I told my attendant to take and pay for them only if they belong to a guy because a year would never accept payment from me. I don't want to take anything for free. Zakhmar Ravashi, we mentioned that Shmuel said that Dina Machuza Dina. Rav said we can prove this because the government cuts down trees without permission using the wood to build bridges and we walk on them. Abai said this is not a proof and maybe we can walk on them only because the, the owners were, were Miyayish. Rav said Yish by itself wouldn't make the mutter to use the bridges. It must be. And it's yes in, in conjunction with the fact that Dina that, that Dina. Abai asked the messengers who cut the trees don't really follow the instructions of the king because they concentrate on taking trees from one place instead of taking it evenly from every place. Rav said these messengers have the status of the king himself and it's known that he will not bother to go all around and will focus instead on one area. It's easier for him. Therefore, the people who did have their trees taken are supposed to go and collect payment for all the, from all those who did not have their trees taken. If they don't, don't go and they don't collect, then they only have themselves to blame. Ravah said, if partners who stored the grain together each removed their grain, except for one who left his grain in the storage area, and a tax collector then came and took his grain as a tax for all the partners, he must they, they have to all pay him back for his share, for their share of the tax. This is Zakhmar, this is only if they were partners who owned the land that the produce was grown on, so they're all obligated to pay the tax. However, if it was a sharecropper, it's not supposed to be charged a land tax, and the tax taken from him was therefore improperly taken and considered to be stolen. Ravah said, the property of one town resident may be taken as security for the tax obligation of another town resident, but this is only Zakhmar if the land tax and the head tax of this year. He may not do so for past years. Rabbi said one may not purchase an animal from people who take their animals and fertilize fields for other people within the Tchum. The reason is their animals get mixed up with the animals of other people and they may have stolen animals. If they fertilize fields outside the Tchum, it's mutter to buy from them. Ravina said if an animal owner was chasing them, claiming his animals among their animals, even outside the Tchum, one may not buy from them. Rava Zakhmar or Ravuna called out if a Yid testifies for a guy against the Yid in a non-Jewish court, he's put in Chayim. The reason is such courts would hold the defendant liable based on the testimony of a single witness and by him doing so he has caused the yid a loss that he would not have to suffer in Bezin. Therefore it's only a problem though if, it is, if a single witness testifies in this way. If he has two witnesses they would not be put in chayim because the yid would have, would have been liable to pay in Bezin as well. Also, there's only a problem in a village court where they make one liable to pay based on the testimony of a single witness. However, in the higher government courts where they only require an oath when a single witness testified, he would not be put in the Ravashi said, we asked Rav if there's a prestigious person on who the courts would rely on, on like two, two witnesses himself, do we say that they will make someone pay based on his testimony and he therefore shouldn't testify? Or do we say that since he's prestigious, he cannot withhold testimony and may therefore go to testify? Teiku. Ravashi said, if a yid sells land that borders another yid's land to a guy, we put him in chayr, meaning if the person who sold, he sold it to a guy. There Zamar says the reason can't be because of our metzah, because that doesn't apply when a guy is the buyer of this or, or the seller. Rather, the reason is because the neighboring yid can say, You have placed a line at my border, meaning the guy does not act.
act with the same caution as halacha requires of Yid, and therefore subjects his neighbor to more potential harm. Therefore, the seller is put in cherem until he accepts responsibility for all harm that may be caused by this guy.